Welcome to the Bowen Christian Family Center podcast channel. You're about to hear a message recorded at one of our Sunday gatherings. We pray you are blessed and enjoy this inspiring message. My sermon title this morning, there is more if I could have the first slide, please. Let's read it together. Ephesians 3.20, NIV. Ready? One, two, three. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. So who, is, who gets the glory here? Who gets the credit when we get more? According to that Bible verse, who, who's, who is giving us, who, who's giving us the supply? Who is doing immeasurably more in us? God, thank you. Who said that? If I had a lolly, I'd throw it at you. That's exactly right. According to his power that is at work in us. You know, everything that we do, we do for God. I was reading um, Brian Houston's book. Thank you, Lynn, for lending it to me. I'm very disappointed with Lynn, though. She won't let me put any highlights or underlines in it. I'm struggling with that as I'm reading the book because my temptation is to highlight. And in the book, he said, we created by God for God. You want to know why you're here this year? You're here for God. That's your reason that you exist. That's the reason that I exist. Do you believe this morning that God can do more in your life? What we believe is so important. What we believe about God, what we believe about who he is and what he can do is so important when it comes to receiving good things from God this year. You know, what we will believe will determine the type of life that we will experience this year. Am I standing here this morning and saying that this year I prophesy over you that you're going to have a wonderful year, that everything's going to go your way and everything's going to be rosy and you're going to be happy all year? No, I'm not. But I want to prophesy over you this morning and say this simply, that there is more for you this year. There is more, in the context of Bowen Christian Family Centre, there is more. It's you as an individual, as a follower of Christ, there is more. What is there this year for you? More pain, more worry, more fear, more discontentment, more stress, more problems? No, I'm not prophesying over you that that's what your life's going to be like this year. There is more in the contents of this church and the life of this church. And as you know that we're moving on, we've been called to Bribey Church. That doesn't mean that the more stops. I believe that there is more for this church. In this next season, in this, church, in this next chapter, there's more salvations. There's more water baptisms. There's more baptisms in the Holy Spirit. There's more people finding their identity in Christ. 
There's more people overcoming depression, overcoming anxiety, fear, disappointment, rejection, overcoming addictions. There are more people that are going to experience God's unconditional love this year. How good is that? I prophesy over every single person here this morning that you are going to receive more of God's favor and blessing this year. Is that good? I believe it. Do you believe it? There will be more people finding work. There will be more people healed of sickness. There will be more people, as I said before, finding God's favor and blessing over their lives. As his beloved children, God has more for you, Andy, this year. For Lynn, God has more for you. Liesl, God has more for you. Jody, God has more for you. Sam, God has more for you. Can I have the next slide, please? If you then, being evil, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm evil. It's the truth. Just declare it. Turn to your neighbor, I'm evil. You don't want to do that? I'll say it. I'm evil. You being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give you good things to those who ask? That's our God. (laughs) That's who he is. He wants to give you and I good things, even though we're evil. That's the nature and character of our God. He wants to bless you and he wants to bless me this year, even though we're evil. (sighs) Come on. I should at least get one amen for that. He wants to bless you this year, even though you are evil. (sighs) Hard work. This has been my personal experience. You know, when I was preparing this word and, and, and thinking about there is more, you know, at the end of last year, I'd been praying and seeking God, saying, what is the word for Bowen Christian Family Centre this year? He said to me, the word is, there is more. And what's really cool is I spoke to Pastor Jason, and guess what he said? He got the same word from God, there is more. So guess what? The word for you, the word for Bowen Christian Family Center this year is there is. Praise God. We've been a bit Pentecostal this morning and I'm excited. See, I know that I'm not worthy. My personal experience, when I was preparing this word, I was saying, so God, why have I got more in my life? Why have I got more? Why have I got more joy? Why have I got more peace? Why have I got more contentment? And let me tell you, Helen would probably say I'm not as contented as I should be all the time, especially when my car gets scratched or we're lining up for food at the, on the cruise. I'm not always content or as contented as I should be, but I have more. I have more contentment in my life. I have more joy. I have more peace. But I know that I'm not worthy. When I was putting this word together, I think, Why do I have more? God, I know that I'm worthy. And he said exactly that. The reason 
that I'm giving you more is because you understand that you're not worthy. Paul says, I'm less, less than least, the least of all God's people. I am less than the least of you to stand here this morning and preach the gospel. I am not worthy of good things from God this year. I am not worthy of receiving one blessing. I'm not worthy to receive one good thing from God. See, all the credit goes to God. It's about him and what he wants to do. It's not about me and what I have or have not done. See, getting good things from God is about what he has done. Not what I've done, what he has done. You know, to receive, I'm telling you, this is my personal experience. If it's worked for me, it will work for you. And in fact, it's the word of God. To receive good things from God, we must understand and believe that we're not deserving of any good thing from God. We must understand that at the core of who we are, we are evil. We are born into sin. No matter how hard we try to do the right thing, no matter what we do, ultimately we all fall short of God's glorious standards. The Bible's very clear. We all sin and we all fall short. Now, you might be sitting here this morning, and I'm pretty sure there's nobody here like this, but just as an illustration, I'm going to talk about this, okay? This is not you, but it's just an illustration. You might be sitting here this morning thinking, well, I'm okay. I'm okay, Trev. I'm okay. I don't sin as bad as other people. Therefore, I deserve good things from God. I've not had an affair. I I don't swear. I've never been drunk. Don't have a problem with pornography. Fantastic. If that's you, you're living a life, I believe, that's honoring God. But let me ask you this question. Can you honestly put your hand on your heart and say that you have forgiven your brother, your sister, your enemy instantly? when they've offended you or hurt you? Can you honestly say that your motives have always been pure? Can you honestly say that you've lived your life free of self-centeredness? Can you honestly say that you've lived your life free of wanting things your own way? I'm sure if you were asked, If you were to ask your spouse, they might have something to say on that matter, Helen. I don't know what it is about God. He's got a real good sense of humor. He puts opposites together, doesn't he? Pastor Dolph, he puts opposites together, doesn't he? Like, I'm tested when it comes to things, wanting things my own way or liking things a certain way. Let me tell you, and God's placed Helen in my life to test me on that. Now, you may not have a, a husband or a wife, but I'm sure you've got people in your life that test you when it comes to wanting things your own way or 
or you liking things a certain way. I don't know what it is about God, why he puts opposites together. Like, man, I'm just going to speak to you for a minute. How many of you men have ever stood at the fridge, opened the door, and you cannot find what you're looking for? And you go to your wife, I cannot see it. It's not here. And you mean it with everything that you believe. Yes, Cal, that's you. We're opposites. You know, and and like if I was perfectly honest, rather than Helen telling me to go to the fridge and finding something, that would be the way I want it. She sends me to the fridge to find something and I can't find it. It's not here. Yes, it is. It's there. It's not here. It's there. I put it there. You just need to open your eyes. I've opened my eyes and it's not there. Do I have to come over? Yes, you do. See, Helen, you just should have gone and got it in the first place. You would have solved all the problems. Like, why does God put opposites together to test us? Fly spray. Let me tell you about fly spray. Like, we got two little dogs that, oh, my goodness me. We have to leave the doors open a little bit, the fly wire, so they can get in and out. We're in a rental property, so we can't put a doggy door in. And um, we get flies in the house. Now, who likes flies in the house? I don't. I will spray 30 gallons of fly spray to get rid of those flies. I just cannot stand them in the house. And, and, and I'm not very good at looking at detail. So Helen will say things to me like, do you need any more razors, dear? And I'm thinking, why don't you just go and have a look yourself? I don't know. That's too much detail. And what tends to happen if I'm left to my, if I'm perfectly honest and I'm left to my own devices, I end up with five cans of fly spray, 35 razors. I end up with all this stuff half used because I don't take the time to look at the detail and go, hang on a minute, I've got one can of fly spray left, so therefore I need to go and get it. That's not my job. I'm a man. Come on. It's Helen's. I'm speaking to the converted here. She does the shopping. So when we had, when we, yesterday, there's flies buzzing around everywhere in the kitchen and I've lost my joy and my contentment and my peace. So I go under the cupboard and here's a nice new can of fly spray. Oh, fantastic. So I start spraying all the flies and a Helen comes in. You're using the wrong can of fly spray. Didn't you see the half empty one up on the bench? Oh, my goodness me. Like, why does he put opposites together to test us? Getting ready to go. Oh, my goodness. I saw a picture on Facebook yesterday and it was this old ute. I think it was a FJU, I'm not exactly sure. And it had a tree, obviously been there for years. It had a tree growing out of the bonnet. And it said, this is how long it takes for my wife to get ready. Preach it, brother. Like, come on. I like to get to places on time. Let me tell you, I had a few conniptions on the cruise. Come on, Helen. We're going to be late. Come on, Helen. She was testing me. I like things my own way. I like to relax and enjoy and let Helen do all the work. 
No, that's not what I'm called to do. Jesus says, take up your cross and die daily. And it's not just people in church that I'm to do that with. In fact, I'm to do that at home. Do I have to? Can't I just do it at church? No. Can you honestly say that you consider yourself getting back to this whole issue of we're evil at the core of who we are? Can you honestly say that you've always put other people's needs ahead of your own? How many of us can honestly say that we've loved unconditionally? Maybe you're sitting there today and you're saying, yeah, I reckon I'm pretty good at all that. I'm not evil at the core of who I am. All those things you've spoken about, Pastor John, I reckon I'm pretty good at. Not judging anybody, but let me help you a bit more. Here's another one. This might be an ouch. Have you always submitted to the authority of your Christ-appointed, imperfect, Christ-appointed, imperfect Christian leader? Really? Doesn't say that in the Bible. Let me help you. Let me help you. Have you always done what they've asked you to do? Have you always done it without grumbling? And without a bad attitude, do you serve your imperfect Christian leader in ways that makes their, his or her life, sorry, makes him, that makes his or her work a joy and not a burden? Now, can I say, I, I, honestly, hand on heart, you guys have blessed us abundantly and we've, we've got absolute, we feel so loved and so cared for and we feel that you guys have, in our, in our season that we've been here, have fully supported us. I'm just talking to myself here because I know I haven't always done that. I know that I haven't always submitted to my imperfect Christ-appointed Christian leader because, see, I've seen a fault in them. And I've gone, well, that's an excuse not to do what they've told me to do. Let me read to you Hebrews 13, 17. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Listen to this. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. For what? For that would be of no benefit to you. Well, Maybe you're sitting there this morning and you're going, well, I've ticked all the boxes and I know that I've, I've done all of that. Can I help you a little bit more? John 1, 1 8 says this, New King James Version. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. See, the fact is that every single one of us, no matter who we are or no matter what we've done, are not worthy of receiving any good thing from God. See, personal experience, and I know this has been the experience for others, receiving good things from God begins 
when we understand that we're not worthy to receive anything good from God. Receiving good things from God begins when we believe that we are not worthy, but we're qualified. We're not worthy, but we're qualified to receive good things from God. The meaning of the word qualify is to be entitled to a particular benefit or privilege by fulfilling a necessary condition. What is the necessary condition so that we can receive the good things from God? What do you think that might be? The answer is very simple, but it's not so simple to do. It's to have Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. Come on. We all say that Jesus is followers. We say, yes, he's our Lord and he's our saviour. And we're okay with the saviour bit if we're perfectly honest. We're saved, we're going to heaven, we've got a ticket, that's fantastic. But is he really Lord of your life? Is he? Is he really Lord of my life? When I can't find something in the fridge and I want to have a go at Helen for making me get up out of my chair and go into the fridge to find it when I can't find it because I'm a man and I can't see anything in front of me? Ephesians 1, 3 says this, God's words translation. Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ through Christ. Say through Christ. A bit louder. Through. God who blesses us with every spiritual blessing that heaven has to offer. Who's blessing us? Why are we blessed? Jesus! Come on! Not rocket science. I'm glad it's not rocket science. I wouldn't be able to do it. We are blessed because of God. We are blessed because of what he did through Jesus. I can stand, you can stand before God today as a follower of Christ, as Jesus, as your Lord and Savior, and know that you're going to heaven. I can stand before God today, even though I got angry with Helen at the fridge door, and know that when he sees me, he sees me through the work of the cross. What a spiritual blessing that is. We have Christ with us forever. What an amazing spiritual blessing that is. You know, I often hear people say in the world, you deserve it. You've worked hard. You've done the right thing. And there is, even in the Bible, there's the principle of sowing and that is a very important principle. But when it comes to blessing God, Sorry, when it comes to God blessing us, I don't believe that that principle applies. See, when when I sow into my relationship with Helen, when I choose to forgive, when I choose to let go, when I stop wanting things my own way, there's a blessing in that. Helen doesn't get angry with me anymore. There's a joy that comes with that. There's a reaping from what I've done. 
But we must understand that the the good things that God's going to give you this year is because of him and what he did through Jesus, not because of you and what you have or have not done. See, this type of believing where we, we, we have a sense of entitlement we, and, and younger generation, it's not you guys. It's none of you guys here. Yeah, you love me still, even though I'm about to say something. Like you hear that the younger generation have this sense of entitlement. Let me tell you, when we have this sense of entitlement as Christians, it encourages personal pride. And I call it ugly Christianity. I'm better than you because I've worked hard. I don't sin as bad as you. Therefore, I'm entitled to God's blessing and you are not. The focus is shifted from the goodness of God and it's replaced with what man needs to do. In Joseph Prince's book, The Power of Right Believing, he makes the following statement. Next slide, slide, please. Legalistic teaching always places the demand on man. Grace teachings always demonstrates how the supply, what? The supply, where does it come from? The supply comes from God. The law focuses on what man needs to do. Grace focuses on what Jesus has done and is still doing in our lives. What an amazing statement that is. The supply comes from God. All all the good things that we receive is because of God. He gets all the credit. Not one of us are truly worthy of receiving anything good from God. Let me ask you this question. Are you doing your very best because you want to receive good things from God? Or are you doing your very best because you're grateful and thankful for what God has already given you? This is a key to living a more joy-filled, contented life this year. Being grateful and thankful for what God has already done. It's critical if you want to live a more contented life. Listen to this way back in the beginning of the Bible. Adam and Eve were in the garden. They had everything that they needed. They went for nothing. They didn't even need clothes. The temperature was perfect. There was no shame, guilt, condemnation. There was no conscious of self. They had everything they needed. And then, of course, the enemy came along, the serpent, the devil, And he whispered into their ear and he said, oh, you've got all of that, but you don't have that. And from that moment on, Adam and Eve became discontent with what they had. They had more than enough. Yet the devil whispered into the, oh, sorry, the serpent told them, you can eat from, you should eat from that, that tree. See, that's what the enemy will do with you and with me all this year. He'll say, don't worry about all those good things that God's given to you. Focus on what you don't have over here. Because that's where he wants us to live. He wants to live in this place of discontentment, thinking that we're lacking something, thinking that we need more than we already have. I have it all. You have it all as a follower of Christ. Do you believe that this morning? Where's your focus? Are you doing your best because you want to receive good things from God or are you doing your best because you're grateful for what he's already given you? I prophesy over you this morning, God will give you good things this year. You know, this year marks the 10th year 
just 10 short years? Where's Helen? 10 short years since I walked into Grainer House. 10 short years, the drug rehabilitation centre. Previous to that, when I was flying in my career, I wasn't flying that well because I was full of discontentment and worry and fear and stress, but I had what I thought I needed. Had an amazing career. Went well beyond my dreams and my hopes. I remember leaving school thinking if I could just get a job as a carpenter. I ended up being the state building manager for one of the largest home builders in Victoria. The wage I was on was unbelievable. The house I lived in was beautiful. The boat I had in the driveway was amazing. The jet ski, the in-ground pool, I had it. Married, kids, people could look at my life and go, wow, John's got it all together. Look at the life he's living. Going to the Grand Prix and being in corporate boxes, going to AFL matches and being in the corporate box on Saturdays, having all the food and the drink that I could ever want. And because of my own insecurities, because of my own disbelief, because of my own problems, fear grappled, fear got hold of me, discontentment got hold of me. To see the things that I was looking to to give me what I needed weren't giving me what I needed. I needed acceptance, I needed love. And I didn't have either of those things. I felt like there was something wrong with me. No matter what, how far I went in my career, no matter what I did, I still had, had this thing inside me that there's something wrong with me. And I was looking to a car or a, a house or a career to give me really only what God could give me. And I remember being in that house, sitting, sitting upstairs in the extension that I've just done with this beautiful white thick carpet, the most expensive carpet you could buy on a leather chair, looking across at the Dandenongs in Melbourne, the, the hills that are near Melbourne, going, wow, if I ever lost any of this, I don't know how I would cope. A few short years later, I lost the lot. When I had it all, I was full of fear. I was stressed. I was worried. I was discontent. I couldn't fill the void that was inside of me that was continually being challenged. I was looking to things, to people, to to everything else to give me what I really needed. And that was acceptance and unconditional love. But nobody could give it to me. Even my wife of the time couldn't give it to me what I needed. I lost it all because I got addicted to alcohol and I arrived at Grania House just 10 short years ago. And I remember when I was given Jeremiah 29, 11, where the, the, there's a line in that Bible verse that says, I, God does not want to harm you. Really? I'd failed as a father, a husband. I'd completely failed at life. I'd lost everything. I was bankrupt and divorced. The stigma that attached, was attached to being divorced was incredible. My father rightly taught me that once you marry somebody, that's it. It's like you're on a boat going to a desert island with your wife. Once you get to the desert island, you burn the boat. There's no turning back. The incredible guilt and shame that was over my life. And then when I arrived, knowing that God probably was looking down at me saying, you fool, you idiot, look what you've done. You've lost everything. I gave you everything and you've ruined it all. Then I arrived at Grania House and I read that line, God does not want to harm you. And then I begin to understand, understood, I began to understand God's grace. 
I begin to understand that even though I wasn't worthy or deserving of everything, anything good from God, he still wanted to give me hope. He still wanted to give me a future. He still wanted to give me good things, not because of what I'd done, but because of what Jesus has done. I wasn't really that grateful or thankful in that life that I was living, but I am so grateful and thankful now for my life. And when I stood in that, once I started to get God's grace pouring over my life, it was like a flood that came over me. Guilt, shame, condemnation, looking to things, people, anything else to give me, what really only God could give me, that all started to get worked on. And, and, and I started to love, love God and, and understood that he loved me unconditionally. And I started to love myself, <laughs> even though I completely failed. I couldn't love myself. I couldn't forgive myself. But I knew that God had forgiven me so I could start to forgive myself. I didn't deserve it. But he wanted to give me good things because of Jesus, because of his grace, because he's a merciful God. He's a grace-filled God. He wants to do it. It's in his character. It's in his nature. I prophesy over you this morning, God will give you good things this year. Don't believe the lie where some people, well-meaning people might say, well, God, you know, if you disobey him or if you do the wrong thing, he's going to give you a sickness. <gasps> That's not the God I know. In fact, God only gives good gifts, I hear, in the Bible. James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Every good and perfect gift is from above. So you this year might think you know what you need to give you joy and contentment and peace, but let me tell you, it's probably a bit different to what God wants to give you because he knows how to give you the perfect gift. When I was at Granya House and I sat down, I can still remember this moment. God's love and grace had flowed over my life and I'm sitting there. I had no boat. I had no house. I was bankrupt. I was divorced. I wasn't talking to my family. I had nothing. And, but I had God's grace. And I sat there and I looked at the bird. There was a little bluebird playing in the grass. And I, this, this, this sense of acceptance, this sense of being loved unconditionally just came over me. And I had everything that I needed. Yet I, I had nothing, but I had everything. I had God's grace. I have God's favor. I have God's blessing. I don't deserve it. Nor do you. But I have it because I trust his word and I believe what he said when he sent his son to die for me and for my sin. I prophesy you, you might be in a, in a season of drought. I prophesy over you this morning, God will bring the rain this year. Jeremiah fourteen twenty two, New International Version. Do any of the worthless, worthless idols of this nation bring rain? Now you might be sitting there this morning, well, I don't worship idols. Really? An idol is anything that you're looking to that only God can give you. Whatever that is for you. For men, it's a career usually. 
They worship their career. They want their career to feel better about themselves, like I did. For women, it could be a relationship with somebody, a, a, a man. Do any of the worthless idols of this nation bring the rain? Do the skies themselves send down the showers? No. It is your Lord, our God. Therefore, our hope is in you, for you are the one who does all this. Where is your hope this morning? What are you looking to to bring the rain? Our nation had been crying out for rain. Now they're saying in some areas we've got too much rain. Maybe you're crying out for rain. You find yourself in a season of drought. It's like everything is barren and drying up. It's like the inside of you is dying a slow death. If that's you, I prophesy over you this morning, God will bring the rain. He will give you good things this year. Not because you deserve it, but because you're grateful for what he's already done through Jesus. Put your hope in God to bring the rain. He will give you what? you need. Stop looking at worthless idols, whatever this world has to offer, and look to God. He will bring you the good things that you need this year. Are you saying, John, I'm getting close to finishing. I know my wife's tapping the watch, so I know I'm nearly there. Bear with me. Are you saying, John, that all we need to do is simply believe that God will give us good things and we don't have a part to play? No, I'm not. We do have a part to play. Our part to play is to, be, to do our best to honour God by obedient to him and by being obedient to him and to his word. We are obedient to God because we're grateful and thankful for all that he's already done through his son. Not because we're trying to force his hand and get him to bless us. Do you see that? Can I have the next slide? As I said before, Pastor Lynn lent me her book. From Brian Houston, there is more. I've read two chapters. That's pretty cool in a very short space of time. She won't let me. I told you she won't. You need to talk to Lynn. She. I want. I want to underline and I want to highlight. She won't let me. Come on, Lynn. Listening to what I'm preaching. Am I listening to what I'm preaching? You can't force God's hand of blessing by striving and works. It's not do good, get good. In fact, the Bible tells us that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But I am certain that he honors obedience and that it can be outworked through simple faithfulness. What a great statement that is. We can't force God's hand. You know, some Christians, it's like they go to God with a shopping trolley. I want, I want, I want. How about start doing I will, I will, I will, and see what God does with your shopping trolley. The Bible's very clear. Our works, whatever we try and do to maybe manipulate God or to please God, etc., they are like unclean rags. Let me read this to you, Isaiah 64, 6. And all of us have become like one who is unclean. And all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We shrivel up like a leaf and the, like the wind, our sins are swept away. Our part to play in the equation is to live our lives in a way 
that reflect our thankfulness and our gratefulness to God for the good things that he's already given us and have the faith to believe that he will continue to give us good things. We don't do good to get the good. We do good because God has been good to us. Last slide. There is more. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is work is at work within us. I had no power to overcome my brokenness. I had no power to overcome my addiction. I tried many times. Many times and failed many times. I looked to the idols, to the things of this world to give me really only what God can give me. This year, I believe there's more. There's more for Bowen Christian Family Centre. There's more for you as individuals. Does that mean you're going to get think more materialistic things? Maybe. I would never say that God doesn't bless us with material things. He does. But the greater blessing from God is the work that he does within us. Today I stand here, I don't have, and I don't want to diminish what, what I put my children through, my family through, through my alcoholism and my addiction. I am not saying that that was insignificant and I'm just painting over that or plastering over that or forgetting none of that happened. But I stand here today before you without one single regret. I do not and I choose not to live my life in regret. I choose to live my life by what God says about me and what he will do because of what he did through Jesus. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Bowen Christian Family Centre's podcast channel. For any more information on our church, the preaching, or Jesus and Christianity, feel free to check out our church website, www.withsundayacc.com.au.